Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Here we feature mostly cop and detective shows, plus adventure, plus surprise. You never know, but it's the best from the golden age of radio. We'll guarantee that. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy! Dangerous Assignment. Transcribed, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Sabazai. Animal, vegetable, or mineral, or is it some songwriter's answer to digga digga do? It's a small village not far from Port Said, Egypt. An American, Tony Sherwin, was found there in an alley last night, more dead than alive. Tony Sherwin, that sounds familiar. Diplomatic courier. He was on his way to Port Said with a very important document, Steve. A signed treaty. Oh? As you probably know, we've been negotiating with certain Arab leaders for some time in the hope of preserving peace in the Near East. Yeah? How are we doing? Our mission has been in Damascus for months, conferring with the leader of the Arab group, a man named Ibn Kazir. Two days ago, he signed a treaty with us. The one Sherwin was carrying? Right. Now, it's missing. Well, look, Commissioner, can't we contact this Kazir again? Unfortunately, no. Ibn Kazir was found murdered this morning in Damascus. Uh Oh, probably by the same people who got to Sherwin, huh? No doubt. So what happens to our agreement? It's binding. Provided we can recover the signed document. Check with the authorities in Port Said, Steve. They're bringing Sherwin to the hospital there. Port Said, right. Steve, the situation in the Near East is as dangerous as a grenade with a loose pin. We've got to get that document back and get it back fast. The peace of the entire area may be at stake. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. The 
National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. This is a room for it marks the return to the air of many of your favorite programs. Tomorrow evening, the Cavalcade of America once again will recreate incidents from our nation's history. Each week, Cavalcade of America will have stars from Hollywood and Broadway to portray our country's important historical personalities. So, for fine drama, presented in a most enjoyable fashion, be sure to hear the Cavalcade of America returning tomorrow evening to most NBC stations. Then on Wednesday, the big story comes back to the air following its summer vacation. The big story presents authentic dramatizations of the stories behind the screaming headlines in your newspapers. Here, the big story, returning Wednesday on NBC. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Egypt and if a diplomatic courier named Tony Sherwin is still alive, find out what happened to a document he was carrying. A treaty signed by the Arab leader, Ibn Khazir. It's late Friday afternoon when my plane lands in Port Said. I pick up my luggage and make my way across the airport to the waiting room. I beg your pardon. Yeah? Hannigan's the name. Chuck Hannigan, foreign correspondent. American, aren't you? That's right. Uh, I meet all the planes in the USA, just checking on the home folks abroad. Here on business, Mr. Uh... Uh, Johnson. Johnson, uh-huh. Oil, maybe? Oil, maybe. You don't look like an oil man, really. Okay, you make the guess. U.S. government agent. Name Steve Mitchell. How's that? You seem pretty well informed. I have to be in my business. What paper do you work for? Right now, none. I goofed up a yarn. The Paris editor got sore. I called him a slob. That was 30. Unemployed, huh? Uh, make that freelancer. Huh? Sounds more dignified. Okay. What's on your mind, Hannigan? Tony Sherwin. Diplomatic courier gets worked over in an alley. All of a sudden, a cop in front of a hospital door. Nobody can talk with Sherwin. Can you show him? Oh, just routine investigation. That's all, Hannigan. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's just routine, you mind if I tag along? Suppose I did mind. I'd tag along anyway. <laughs> well, that's what I figured. All right, bub. No sense taking two cabs. We'll take one and split the fare. Oh, I like you, G-Man. I like it. Later, we pull up at the hospital. I leave my reporter friend in the lobby and go on up to Sherwin's room. If you're worrying about the papers, Mitchell, the treaty, don't. It's okay. You stash it away, Sherwin? Yeah. Back at Sabazai. It's a little whistle stop, about ten miles. Yeah, I know. There's a narrow, crooked street not far from the depot. How far? Two blocks. Can't miss it. Dead end. There's a fountain. On the right, a courtyard, deserted. The stuff's in there, under one of the stepping stones. Third one in, I think. Okay, I'll take care of it. Better be careful. You might have company. Sure. Uh, any idea who did this to you, Tony? No. No idea at all. Meet anybody on the train? Well, yeah. A girl, Italian. Yolanda Minetti. Met her through an American named Griswold. He was on the train, too. Friend of yours? Just an acquaintance. He's a tourist. Ran into him in Damascus. Anyone else? Yeah. Zoltan. Victor Zoltan. Perfume salesman. Quite a character. Yeah. He insisted we'd met in the States before. I didn't remember. I see. 
I think he was just trying to sell me some perfume. Okay, Tony, I'll take it from here. In the meantime, you... Yes? Oh, say there, buddy, buddy. Oh. Hello, Mr. Griswold. Officer here says I can't come in. Told him we was old buddy, buddy. Uh, it's all right, officer. Yeah, thank you, sir. Well, now, lad, how are you? Read about this little accident of yours and papers come hustling right over. Mr. Griswold, Mr. Mitchell. Howdy, boy. Mr. Griswold. Lad here put one over on me, Mr. Mitchell. Told me he was a novelist. Novelist my eye George, diplomatic courier, more like. <laughs> How do you like that? Feeling kind of puny, are you, lad? Sort of. Here, brung you some magazines and some of the chomp on. Six. Here, have one yourself, Mr. Mitchell. All right, thanks, but I'll pass. Loving myself, but seeds getting teeth. Now, Tony, my lad, what's this all about? Somebody trying to do you in, huh? Get a look at the critter, did you? No, I didn't. Probably after some papers you was carrying, huh? Oh, see. <laughs> Guess I'm asking too many questions. It's huh? a government matter, Mr. Griswold. You understand, I'm sure. Of course I do. Of course I do. Sorry. I think I'll be running along, Tony. Hey, you do that, boy. I'll stay here and jaw with Tony for a spell. I'm afraid not, Mr. Griswold. Our patient here needs all the rest he can get. He's had a rough go of it. Oh. Well, you say so. Yeah. Well, chin up, my lad. Stout heart and all that. I'll keep in touch. And, uh, see. Yes? You mind? Uh, think I'll try one of those figs after all. <laughs> When we get downstairs to the hospital waiting room, I notice my reporter friend isn't around. Griswold and I go out on the street, and he wanders away, chewing on the fig, and I head in the opposite direction. Two blocks later, I get the feeling I'm being tagged. I slip around the corner and ease into a doorway. Hello, Mr. Griswold. What? Oh, oh, say, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Give me quite a start, sir. I thought you were headed toward the native quarter. It's that way. I was, I was. And then I run into... Uh, oh, oh, sorry, Mr. Mitchell. May I present my charming companion, Miss Minetti. Miss Minetti? How do you do, Mr. Mitchell? Sugarfoot here was on her way to the hospital to see Tony. Really? I understand from Mr. Griswold that no one is allowed to see him. That's right. There is a policeman at the door. Your orders, I believe. Right again. But, but why? Oh, a government matter, my dear. We shouldn't be asking too many questions. I see. Oh, uh, say, Mr. Mitchell... Miss Minetti and I are on our way back to the hotel for a bite of supper. Here, join us. Thanks, if Miss Minetti doesn't mind. Oh, no, not at all. Well, let's get going, then. Uh, a moment, Mr. Griswold. I have just remembered an errand. Oh, now, dear, you're not going to bust up our little party, are you? No. No, you two run along. I will meet you at the hotel in half an hour. Half an hour? Uh, say, Mitchell. Yeah. You wouldn't want to reconsider, would you? Reconsider? I mean about not letting anyone visit Tony. Well, I might. Why? Miss Minetti. She seems real eager to see the lad. Real but, eager. Uh, does she, Mr. Griswold? Real eager. Okay, I'll think about it. That's the promise. Yeah, I think about it all right, and I wonder why Miss Minetti is so eager to see Tony. It's night by the time we reach the hotel. I check in and go on up to my room after telling Griswold I'll meet him in the bar in ten minutes. I'm grabbing a fast shave when the phone starts jangling. Angling. Hello. Hi, G-Man. This is Hannigan. Ah, boy reporter. What's on your mind? Got a little info for you if you're interested. Okay, what is it? I'd like to work a little deal. Where are you? In the lobby. I'll be right down. Oh, look. 
Better be a private chat. I've got a car parked in the alley, back of the hotel. Meet you there. Stairs, and then just as I reach the rear entrance, something crashes down hard against my skull and I pitch head. Stack of milk cans. I try to get to my feet, and that's when the number two punch comes in. Oh, that does it. In just a moment, Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment. If you want your child to have the best elementary schooling you can give him, won't you get a pencil and paper to take down the address I'm going to give you at the end of this message? Unless we start preparing now, in a few years our public schools will be as behind the times as the Little Red Schoolhouse. Because of the high increase in our birth rate during and after the last war, it's estimated that by 1956... There will be some seven million more children in elementary schools than there are now. We must start preparing at once. More equipment will be needed, textbooks, playgrounds, and above all, more elementary school teachers. To help assure your child a proper education, join and work with local groups and school boards. And for free information about how people in other communities are improving their schools, write to this address. National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools. 2 West 45th Street, New York, 19, New York. That's National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools. 2 West 45th Street, New York, 19, New York. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Sandy, please. Are you dead or alive? What? Good. You are alive. How can you tell? Who are you? Uh, Mustafa. I work in the hotel kitchen. I had a big clatter and I ran out to the alley. And found me draped over these milk cans, huh? Oh, do not feel badly, Fendi. The cans were empty. You did not spill any milk. Oh, well, that makes it all worthwhile, then. You wouldn't by any chance have gotten a look at the gent who clobbered me, would you? Clobber? Clobber? What is clobber? Freely translated, it means hit on the head. Oh, well, as I came out of the door, I saw a man running down the alley away from here. I have seen him around the hotel many times. He's an American reporter. Re Wait a minute. His name wouldn't be Hannigan, would it? Yes, it would. So all of a sudden, my friendly reporter friend Hannigan jumps to the top spot on my suspect list. At this point, it looks like the opposition knows that Sherwin has told me where the document's hidden. That means I've got to get to it, but fast. Back in the lobby, I call the depot and learn that the next train, which will take me anywhere near the village of Sabazé, doesn't leave for two hours. That could be two hours too many. I decide to rent a cab or a car and go outside on the sidewalk and see if I can drum up one. Mr. Mitchell. Huh? Well, Miss Minetti. Oh, one of the reasons I wished to have dinner with you tonight was to speak further about the possibility of my visiting Tony Sherwood at the hospital. I'm sorry, Miss Minetti, but I'm afraid ah, that... Ah, you're landed, my dear. Oh, Mr. Zoltan. 
Really, Mr. Mitchell, I do not see what... Won't you introduce me to your friend, my dear? Mr. Mitchell, Mr. Zoltan. How do you do, sir, Mr. Zoltan? A dealer in rare perfumes at your service. Yes, it is very nice. Mr. Mitchell, I wish you would please reconsider about allowing me to visit Tony Shorten. Well, they think it best if he doesn't have any visitors for the present. Uh... Very well. Uh, Sir Egonis, what wouldn't I or you give if a charming young lady were that anxious to visit us, eh, Mr. Mitchell? Yeah. Well, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Zoldan, I... Of course. But please, if you're in a hurry, take my cab. Thanks, but I can get another one. Oh, Ansys. Look, I just told you, I Yes, can... Mr. Mitchell. As a matter of fact, I do insist. I... <laughs> you know, I kind of think that bulge in your coat pocket is a gun you're holding on me, Mr. Zoldan. Your presumption is entirely correct. So you're my boy. At this point, it would be much more accurate to say that you are my boy. Now, please, into the cab. I take it the driver here is your stooge. Quaintly put, Mr. Mitchell, yes. Asim is a very loyal, not too intelligent employee. Very well, Hasim. Let us go to a quiet little rendezvous where we may question Mr. Mitchell. Quiet. Circus. It is uh, Hasim's room. I admit it is not perhaps in the best of taste or condition, yet it will serve our purpose. Hasim, you will please seat our honored guest. Yes, it will be. Not exactly the polite way of seating a guest, Hasim. But effective. Look, you big ape. Mr. Mitchell, I strongly advise you not to hurt Hasim's feelings by referring to him in such uncomplimentary terms. He's quite sensitive. Yeah, I'll bet he has the soul of an artist. And of course, he is doubly zealous now because he failed to carry out his previous assignment where you are concerned. You were inconsiderate enough to fall into a stack of milk cans. The noise attracted the attention of a hotel employee and Hasim had to leave. It was Hasim who slugged me then, eh? All of which brings me to the point, Mr. Mitchell. And what's that? Tony Sherwin, diplomatic courier. As you know, he was carrying a very important document, one which, if it remains in existence, will create a situation in the Middle East which will not be favorable to those I represent. So your job is to destroy it, Exactly. But, of course, first I must find it. And that is where you come in, Mr. Mitchell. Sherwin undoubtedly told you where he hid that document, did he? Now, I'm sure you're intelligent enough to realize that the sooner you tell me where it is, the better it will be for everyone, particularly you. I'm sorry, Zoltan, but I'm not very intelligent about things like that. <sighs> I fear as much. I see. Oh, hey, look, that document isn't hidden behind my jaw. But perhaps your jaw may be loosened enough to tell us where it is hiding. I see. Hey, if you think I'm going to sit here and... Mr. Mitchell? Uh, Mr. Mitchell? My, my, Hasim. 
I'm afraid you overdid it. I don't know how long I'm in dreamland. When I start coming out of it, I realize I'm bouncing up and down. At first, I figure the big ape Hossein is working me over again. Then I hear an engine. I realize I'm jouncing over a rough road in the cab. It's night. Did I tell them where the document was hidden? No, I couldn't have, or I wouldn't still be alive. Ah, Mr. Mitchell. You're with us again. Yeah, lucky me. And just in time. Asim, there it is up ahead. There, what is? We are in the village of Sabazai, Mr. Mitchell. Ahead of us is a deserted villa. Tony Sherwin was in the vicinity of that building. I think perhaps the document was hidden around here somewhere. Possibly in the courtyard. Bomb guess. Is it? Get out. Now, you will lead us to it. And from your recent experience with Hasim, I think you know better than to try to stall further. Zoltan. What is it, Hasim? Over there in the shadows. I thought I saw someone. Huh? You're right. a couple of shots into the shadows. His eyes run off me just long enough so I can tee off and have him. No. I dive into the walled courtyard and slam the heavy gate just in time. I'm not, I'm not sticking around to find out just who that was in the shadows. I reach the other side of the courtyard, pull myself up over the wall and drop down into a narrow alley. I start pounding along it. Then, all of a sudden, an arm shoots out of the darkness and hooks me into a doorway. Hey, what? Relax. Ah, well... Well, Hannigan, the boy reporter, were you the one Zoltan shot at a couple of minutes ago? Yeah, I followed you here. Looks like I had a few wrong ideas about you. Yeah. You see, when you were talking to Sherwin at the hospital, I spotted Zoltan hanging around. I had him pegged for a long time as a foreign agent. Hmm, that's what you wanted to see me about in the back of the hotel, huh? Yeah. I got there just in time to see Hossie slug you and beat it. I followed him and eventually it led me here, right behind the three of you. So, now what? So now I've got to figure a way back into that courtyard. The document's hidden under the third stepping stone in from the gate, but Zoltan and his stewards are probably watching it like hawks and... What is it? I just thought of something. You got a car? Sure, around the corner. Fast enough to leave their cab behind? I don't want to make a clay pigeon out of you. Oh, look, that crate of theirs is about ready to fall apart. There's no danger there. But what's the gag? Suppose you get in your car, gun down the street and out of the village. They think we're together and follow me. That takes them off your tail long enough for you to grab the document, huh? I hope. Hannigan disappears into the shadows pretty soon. His car swerves around the corner. Takes off down the street. I wait to flash past the courtyard. Sure enough, the cab takes off after it. I wait a couple more minutes. Then I work my way down the deserted street and ease into the courtyard. It's empty. I go to the third stepping stone in from the gate and pry it up. Yep, there's the document. I grab it, start to straighten up, but before I can, I hear the gate behind me creak. Then a very familiar voice. You see, Mr. Mitchell, two can play at your decoy game. I don't need a crystal ball to tell me Zoltan standing in the gateway behind me with a gun pointing at my back that he'd sent Hossim after Hannigan. And now... Document, I know as soon as I hand it over, I'm a dead duck. I've only one chance. The heavy gate opens in and to the left. If I can picture in my mind exactly where it is behind me, 
I crouch there a second, then suddenly whirl and swing my arm toward it. My hand hits the edge of it and sends it into Zoltan. His shot goes wild before he can pull the trigger again. I nail him. Thanks for the gun. It showed you? Yeah, I know, Zoltan. Doesn't seem fair, does it? I end up with the gun and the document, and you? <laughs> well, let's just say that you got the gate, huh? Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Earlier in the program, we reminded you about the return from vacation this week of both the Cavalcade of America and the big story. But that's only part of the fine lineup of great shows returning to NBC this week. Thursday evening brings the Roy Rogers Show and Father Knows Best, which, as you know, stars Robert Young. We know that you'll enjoy Roy Rogers' all-new programs of the West. There'll be singing by Roy, lovely Dale Evans, and the Whippoorwills, and adventure at the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. Robert Young will be getting into more family scrapes, too, and once again he tries to prove that Father Knows Best beginning this Thursday. But that's not all. Friday marks the return of your hit parade with Guy Lombardo and his orchestra. Your hit parade has always been a favorite of all America as it numbers your favorite musical selections. So remember, this week it's Cavalcade of America on Tuesday, The Big Story on Wednesday, The Roy Rogers Show, and Father Knows Best on Thursday, and your hit parade on Friday. Hear them all on the NBC Radio Network. Next week, Lisbon. Two guys gunning for each other with me in the middle. That will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Dangerous Assignment. Transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble, but... When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to teach me that you can sometimes find your only chance dangling from the end of a rope. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Hey, Steve, I want you to go out and get me a newspaper. What's the matter? The delivery boy forget to toss one on your front porch this morning? It would have been a long toss all the way from Vienna. Austria? Yes, the newspaper I want you to go pick up for me is an edition of the Österreich Courier. Wait a minute. Don't tell me I have to go all the way to Austria. Exactly. To... Okay, what's it all about, Commissioner? Our contacts, members of the underground behind the Iron Curtain, have picked up some vital information for us, Steve. Information regarding the activities of certain foreign agents operating in the United States. How does the newspaper fit in? That's how the information is to be relayed to us, along with photographs of the agents themselves. What? Oh, now, wait a minute. Hey, I think I get it. I pick up a dummy copy. It's made to look like the regular edition. Right. And the info we want is printed up in the form of news articles on the inside pages? Exactly. It's a very special edition, Steve, put out by the underground press. It's a system they've used for the last year now. 
It's one place the authorities wouldn't think of looking. Very neat. Where do I pick up this copy? You'll check with a waiter named Zeigler at a cafe called the Black Eagle. He'll tell you how and where to contact the man who's carrying the newspaper. Okay, Commissioner. Get going, Steve, and be careful. Get that information. It's vitally important to us. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Now, let me take a moment to remind you about Thursday's wonderful programs on the NBC radio network. Each Thursday evening, Roy Rogers brings you another exciting adventure from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. And on Roy's great show, you'll also hear songs by Dale Evans and the Whippoorwills. So make it a date for Western Song and Adventure every Thursday evening on the Roy Rogers Show. Immediately following Roy's fine program, hear five minutes of the latest news. And then stay tuned for Robert Young and Father Knows Best. As Jim Anderson, Robert Young portrays a lovable, laughable character that you're sure to enjoy. So be sure to join him this Thursday and every Thursday on the NBC Radio Network. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Vienna. Get to a member of the underground from behind the Iron Curtain who's carrying a very special newspaper containing information regarding the activities of foreign agents operating in the U.S. It's late Friday afternoon when my plane lands. I head straight for the cafe called the Black Eagle. A bartender points out the waiter I'm looking for. Ah, good afternoon, sir. You, Ziegler? At your service, sir. But please, all my customers call me Ziggy. My name is Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, this way, sir. I have an excellent table for you. I, I am worried, Mr. Mitchell. The man you are to meet, he has not arrived. He should have been here an hour ago. Uh, this table is satisfactory, sir? Oh, this is fine. A menu? Thanks. If, uh, if I may make a suggestion. Feel free. A specialty of the house. Schwabische Fleisch, delightful. Hmm. Oh, no. Maybe I'd better look over the menu. Oh, as you wish, sir. What's the plan, Ziggy? The booth across the way. It has been reserved for a Mr. Kovac. He is to order apple strudel and coffee, read his paper, and when he goes, he will leave the paper on the seat. I am to pick it up as I clear the table. Hey, coming in the front oh. door, a little gent in a derby carrying a bundle under his arm. Oh, a bundle wrapped in newspaper. Yes, it could be, Kovac. The description fits perfectly. Excuse me, Mr. Mitchell. A good afternoon, sir. A table, a booth for you, perhaps? Not for the moment. I'm looking for a friend. Oh, yes, of course. I, uh, I do not see him. Perhaps I shall wait at the bar. Uh, waiter, if a gentleman should inquire, my name is Kovac. Oh, yes, Mr. Kovac. Thank you. What, what, what do you make of that, Mr. Mitchell? I don't know. Uh, that newspaper he had wrapped around the bundle. Yes, yes, the Osterreich Courier. I wonder if he fits the description of Kovac still. Hey, he... take a look. Oh, it seems our friend has changed his mind about a drink. He is going out. I'm going after him. Be careful. It may be a trap. I don't think so. I think that really was Kovac, that he spotted someone in here. What? 
Yeah, like those three gents who are following him out right now. See you later, Ziggy. Outside, I spot Kovac hurrying down the block, three gents moving after him fast. Suddenly, Kovac ducks in between a couple of parked cars, runs into the middle of the street as a truck starts up. He chases it a few yards, tosses the bundle into the back of the truck, and then, as he tries to jump aboard, he trips, falls flat on his face. Oh, no! Oh, that's poor man. Kovic. Kovic, you okay? Yes. Yes, I think so. Here, let me help you up. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. The men chasing me, where? They ran right past you. They're after that truck. It was a package. If they catch up to it... They haven't. Look up the street. They're coming back empty-handed. Come on. Let's get out of here. We duck around the corner where Kovac's car is parked. He guns the little two-seater and we hightail it down the street. Then we cut back and try to pick up the trail of the truck. We crisscross the neighborhood over a ten-block area... Uh, it's no use, Mr. Mitchell. I'm afraid we have lost it. Look, you saw that truck approaching. You notice a sign on it of any kind, any lettering? Nothing. There was just a canvas top. The back was open. There were barrels inside beer, I think. That neighborhood back there where the Black Eagle is, it's a sort of a restaurant row, isn't it? Let's, let's get back there and start checking. start from the Black Eagle Cafe. Kovac takes one side of the street, I take the other. Two beer gardens and six cafes later, I finally hit the jackpot. Why, yeah, yeah, there was such a delivery to my cafe, a dozen kegs of beer. Within the last half hour? Oh, some 20 minutes ago, perhaps. The truck was a six-wheeler, painted gray and dark canvas top. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is from Pfeffer's Brewery. Driver say where he was going from here? No, 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 he did not. Why, why all this excitement? So, Twelve kegs of beer are delivered to my cafe. Everyone is asking about it. You ask me questions, they ask me questions. They? Uh-oh. Three men, two of them wearing overcoats? Yeah, 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 that, that's right. They was here just before you were here. So why these questions, why? Ah, uh, never mind. How do I get to this Pfeffer's Brewery? Oh, Pfeffer's Brewery, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very simple. Three blocks this way, then left one. Uh, no, 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 no. No, two blocks this way. Two blocks left, then one block right, and two more left. No, no, four blocks. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Three blocks, then you... <laughs> Why don't you take a taxi? Ten minutes later, I pull up at Pfeffer's Brewery and Warehouse. There are a dozen or more trucks parked along the side of the building on a narrow dock extending over the river. I give each of them a fast frisk. Nothing. Then I wander inside the warehouse. Hello. Anybody around? Yeah, yeah. He's around someone. What, what, what do you want? What? I'm uh, looking for one of your drivers. He made a delivery to Hauptmann's Cafe about a half an hour ago. Oh, Huh? There were some men here a few minutes ago. They were asking about... Yeah, I figured the... that. Well? Uh, the driver is not here. He's on his route. What was his next stop after Hauptmann's? Oh, oh, that's Grafenbrunn. That's a village some 40 kilometers to the south. He is going to a place called the Grafenbrunn in... Okay, thanks for the... Inter- hey, get out, get out. Under here. What is the meaning of this? this Somebody shooting? wants to what? make sure that I don't get to Grafenbrunn, or at least stall me off for a while. Oh, the, the shot came from this direction. Do you see someone there? No, oh, he's probably behind those barrels stacked up over there, and me without my bowling ball. Look, uh, 
move over, will you? Why? Why? There's a steady stream of beer trickling down my neck. Oh, yeah, the, the battle's on the loading platform overhead. One of the bullets must have gone hey, right. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. The ramp from the platform, it's perfectly in line with our friend across the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, and so? So if I can get up on the platform and roll one of those barrels down the ramp... No, 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 no. wait, wait, wait. Look, you want to get home, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Gretchen, my wife, uh, we are going to some music festival to... And take your shoe off. But what did you say? Give, give me five slow seconds so I can get around back of this platform, then toss your shoe over in that direction. What, what is that? You are asking me to throw my shoes across the warehouse? Just to distract our friend's attention for a moment. Give me time to start that barrel rolling. Okay, start counting. All right. Ein, zwei, drei, vier. Oh. Yeah, thanks for the beer, Buster. Hold it down. Mitchell, wait. Kovac. The noise, what happened? I just rolled a perfect strike. Uh, brother, you see anyone running down this pier? No one. How did you get here, Kovac? Hauptmann's Café. You had already been there. I was told you'd come this way. What's happened in there, Mr. Mitchell? Those three friends of yours, Kovac. One of them was left behind to make sure I didn't follow the other two. Follow them? Yeah, to Grafenbrunn. Come on, let's get going. I ease in behind the wheel of Kovac's pint-sized jalopy, and she shoots down the street like a frightened rabbit when I step on the gas. We race out of Vienna into the countryside with Kovac showing me the way, and half hour later, we're rolling along a narrow road, a snake-like affair, winding into the mountains. Mitchell, look, up ahead. That yellow car? It's theirs. I'd know it anywhere. We've got to pass them. Pass them on this road, but so narrow, and the curves are so... Relax, Kovac. If I see an opening, I'm going through. I think I can get this thing around him. <laughs> Oh, they spotted us. The windshield. You got a gun, Kovic? Yes, yes, I... Use it. Keep that gent in the back seat busy. I'm going to make a try at getting around them. Careful, Mitchell. He is swerving. Yeah, trying to crowd me off the road. Hold on to your hat, Kovic. Here we go. Our front tire. Look out, Mitchell. Get hold it on the road. Yep, Kovic. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. In this national election year, one obligation of citizenship heads all the rest. The obligation of every qualified voter to go to the polls and vote. The ballot which you will receive this year is a symbol of your personal dignity. There is no man whose ballot is more important than yours, no man whose ballot will count for more. On election day, you have as much power, as much responsibility in the shaping of your country and your way of life as the wealthiest or most influential person. Don't ignore this priceless possession. Guard it and use it well. For only by the exercise of your right to vote can you ensure the maintenance of a government that will guarantee that right. Freedom demands that each of us carry out his duty as a citizen. Vote. Vote and don't forget to vote, carefully and intelligently. Know what your candidate stands for. Know not only what he promises, but what he has done in the past. Vote as you please, but vote. See you at the polls. Now, 
back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Uh, Mr. Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell. Where are your wings? Uh, Wings? Oh, I assure you, you are still very much in the land of the living. I'm Hildegard. So, sing something. What? You must have been struck in the head. No, I'm just naturally the corrugated type. Hey, look, how come you're here? And where is here? Well, I was driving along the road behind you. Your car slid down the embankment and burst into flames. But you and your friend were thrown free. Friend? Hey, Kovac. Oh, he's right over there. Is he dead? No, but he seems to be in some pain. You want me to help you? I think I'll be okay, thanks. How did you know my name? Well, at first I thought you were dead. Your wallet was half out of your pocket, so I, I took the liberty of looking. I see. Mitchell. Yeah, Kovic. How you doing? It is my knee. It feels like some ribs are broken. May I drive the two of you anywhere? Those men we were chasing, Mitchell. We might as well forget it, Kovic. They've got too big a lead on us now. They're bound to reach Grafenbrunn ahead of us. Come on, we've got to get you to a doctor. Hildegard drives us to the nearest village. The doctor says Kovac will be all right, but needs rest, so I leave him there and go back outside. Steve? Well, I thought you'd gone. I started to leave, and then I remembered hearing you speak about being anxious to get to Grafenbrunn. I'm going through there. I could drop you off. Well, that's very thoughtful of you, Hildegard. Not at all. Get in. How's Mr. Kovac? He'll be okay. When will we get to Grafenbrunn? Oh, in about one hour. Probably just about one hour too late. Getting near the outskirts of Grafenbrunn now, Steve. Okay. When we get in town, you might as well drop me off at... Hey. What's the matter? That car parked beside the road. The yellow one? Yeah. That's the one they were driving. Oh, these men you were trying to beat to Grafenbrunn. Yeah. Pull up beside it, will you? Well, certainly. Huh. No sign of them anywhere. wonder why they stopped here. I... Oh, oh. What is it? Looks like the... Yeah. Yeah, hole in the gas tank. One of Kovic's bullets connected and they ran out of gas, which means if they had to hoof it into town from here, I've still got a chance. Come on. We race the rest of the way into Grafenbrunn. It takes us about five minutes to locate the inn. Hildegard drops me off in front then... I spot a very beautiful sight in the alley beside the inn, the truck. The driver is busy sliding beer kegs down a chute that leads to the basement of the inn. Driver? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, a friend of mine tossed a bundle on your truck. A bundle? Yeah, I want it. Where is it? Uh, this is a beer talk, not a bundle talk. Now, look, let's not start the double talk. I want that bundle. I don't know what you're talking about. Where is it? I don't see it in the truck bed anywhere. But I tell you, I don't... Look, Lester, I've just about broken my neck trying to get that bundle. I'm in no mood for stalling. Oh, 
walk now. Hey. Either you open up or I bounce you off that truck again. All right, all right. I didn't see any harm in it. After all, I'm not responsible if somebody wants to throw a bundle on my truck. Look, I'm not trying to make any trouble for you. All I want is that bundle, believe me. Up here in the diver's seat. It's just that the winters are so cold here. What do cold winters have to do with it? Plenty. Yeah, here you are. A suit of long underwear. Of course. That was what was in the bundle. Oh, okay. Keep the longies with my compliments. Oh, thank you. Just give me the paper they were wrapped in. Uh, the paper? That newspaper. Oh, that. I threw it away. What? Yeah. Oh, great. But what could be so important about an old newspaper? Take my word for it, this one was plenty important. Hell, this is just dandy. Well, now, don't get excited. If you want it, we'll get it. I only threw it down in the alley there in the gutter. What? Where? Oh, here. I'll show you. I'm afraid it'll be wet. You see, there's water in the gutter, and... That's uh, okay. I can dry it out. Let's see. I threw it out as I turned into the alley. It's right... Where is it? Why, <laughs> I don't know. I'm certain I threw it out of the truck right about here. The water in the gutter is moving slowly. Oh, yeah, there it is. Hey, that looks like an entrance to a storm drain. Yeah, the paper, it's just about going to go down. Yeah. It. I got it. Oh, just in time. Nothing like a mud tack for beauty, they say. Well, come on back here to the tuck. I have got some rags. You can die off. Okay. And I'll get out of here with this paper before those two other gents show up. Look, if when they do... Suppose you tell us, Mitchell. What? I see we've arrived just in time. You are most obliging to recover the newspaper for us. Now, look, I don't want to get mixed up in anything. Stay where you are. Carl! Hey, look, Hero. Why have the driver roughed up? He's got nothing to do with this. Unfortunately, both of you may have had an opportunity to read the information so cleverly concealed in the columns of the newspaper. So we shall have to take appropriate action. But first, give me the paper. I know as soon as I turn that paper over, the driver and I are both dead ducks. Then I spot something. The guy with the gun is standing at the rear corner of the truck and hanging down from the tarp that covers the truck is a rope that reaches to the ground. I said give me the paper. I hold out the paper, but instead of giving it to him, I drop it to the ground near the free end of the rope. Mitchell! There it is, friend. You want it. You pick it up. Oh, no, Mitchell. I'm not going to fall with that old trick. You pick it up. He said just what I wanted him to say. I bend over as if to pick up the newspaper, but instead I grab the end of the rope and yank up. It snaps taut against his wrist. Ow! His shot goes wild. Before he can pull the trigger again, I connect with his jaw. He goes down and out, but I'm off balance. I sprawl back helplessly against the truck. His stooge comes lunging at me, but just then a foot shoots out and hooks his ankle. He lands face first and doesn't move. So, one hit in the face deserves another. It sure does. I'll say you paid the account in full. That was quick footwork. My only problem now is what to do with them to put them out of the way long enough for me to get back to Vienna with this newspaper. Well, you can ride back with me. As to what to do with these two, uh, a suggestion. Feel free. Magic toe. Uh, perhaps, uh... Oh, the shoot into the basement. Mm, why not? Why not, indeed. <laughs> Come on, give me a hand. Oh. One down. Next. Yeah. Here. They make a pretty picture, draped around those beer kegs down there. Oh, the trap door, huh? Yeah, and the padlock. Yeah. 
Yeah, that should keep them, as you say, out of the way. Yeah. Well, they started out okay, but didn't end up so good. Matter of fact, you might say we're leaving them over a barrel. Our star, Brian Dunleavy, will return in just a moment. Each and every night of the week, you'll find the finest radio entertainment is yours for the listening on the NBC radio network. For example, Tuesday night. Right here at the NBC spot on your radio dial each Tuesday, you can hear some of the finest comedy on the air by the nation's top entertainers. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis provide 30 minutes of laugh-packed comedy and marvelous music. Red Skelton adds to the enjoyment each Tuesday with his mirthful show, and Fibber McGee and Molly top off the comedy with another amusing episode from Wistful Vista. And now, each Tuesday evening over most NBC stations, you can hear the Hoosier comedian Herb Schreiner in a brand new quiz game, Two for the Money. So why not make Tuesday a top entertainment day in your week by setting your radio dial to the NBC spot and listening to all these marvelous shows. There's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show, Fibber McGee and Molly, the Red Skelton show, and Herb Schreiner with Two for the Money, all adding up to wonderful radio entertainment on Tuesdays over most NBC stations where the three chimes mean fine radio entertainment. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.